I think there may be a half dozen of you who have listened to my podcast since episode one with Sean Blagg when the title was Create Collaborate, spelled C-R-E, the number eight, C-O-L-L-A-B-O-R, the number eight, Create Collaborate. I swear I didn't actually mean to be like cutesy, uh, kitsch, creative, but it just so happened that I was accidentally. And then we moved on and I realized pretty quickly, some of this you know, but uh, I'm setting the stage, so, so bear with me. I moved on to despair because it was, it was quickly evident that gaining an audience for a podcast was way harder than just putting something out there into the world and uh, saying, hey, Apple, this is a, an arts and, and uh, literature show about books. You actually had to do all kinds of things behind the scenes to find people, and I didn't know what those kind of things were. You've ever watched an author read in public and felt bored? TRBM? Santidote. That reminds me of rolling a grain harvester over a perfectly planted row of rye. TRBM is for writers what time lapse was for painters, guitar solos and spotlight were for bands, chainsaws and ice blocks were for sculptors. What does TRBM stand for? T-Rex beats mastodons. Those records beautify music. Or a truly, really big man. You decide. I've heard from a few of you, and I'm really grateful for this, that uh, I have maybe a calming, approachable kind of voice, that I sound like a, an everyman kind of person, so I'm not intimidating, and, and uh, it's been part of your routine to listen to my show, and I'm really appreciative for that. Uh, what I usually feel is a sense of extreme and I mean extreme social awkwardness. You may be a person like me, and so you don't need any explanation of what it feels like. But I wanted to reference, and all of this is still set up for the episode, I wanted to illustrate how it felt, uh, how it feels for me. Yesterday, let's even go back further than yesterday, the day before, the evening before, uh, so two nights ago, uh, a local guy who's around my age and is friends with my, uh, my, my wife's brother, so friends with my brother-in-law, he texted me and asked if I could help coach the little boys baseball team. My son, my youngest son, Tobias, is on the team. And I knew I was going to say yes, like as soon as I saw it, there was no excuse to say no. It's a small town. If you say no, you just are going to get a bad reputation. But at the same time, there are very few things in this world that I dread more than something like that. I've intentionally stayed out of coaching. I will very privately try to coach my sons how to be better wrestlers, better athletes, better uh, academicians, academicians. Wow. Anyways, apparently I'm not very good at that part of my job, but I try to teach them to study and think critically about life. All of those things. But I do not like to even be perceived doing those things in public. And I don't know why. It's just crippling for me. So I was asked to help coach the little boys baseball team, Coach Pitch. 
And I told the guy straight out, I was like, I will do it, but I do not want you to hold me accountable for how bad I'll be. And he, he said, I don't think you got the point where I said it was glorified babysitting. And I texted back, I don't think you got the part where I said I'm going to be terrible at it. Uh, it wouldn't matter what level of anything it was, I was going to be bad at it. And I was bad at it. I show up. And there are parents to watch the little boys play baseball. And I have no clue what I'm supposed to do. And there's no real plan. And I'm standing out on the field with my glove on. And I'm like, why am I wearing a glove when there are these little children? And my brain is asking these questions like, who's watching me right now? And do they feel like I'm as stupid as I feel like I am? And I know they're not watching me. Like all of the mental nastiness that's involved. Like, I know people. I'm not the center of anyone's universe. I get that. Now, I'm trying to be. That's part of the podcast. I'm trying to get closer to your center so that you will want to read my books and trust me and recommend my work to other people. Yes, I'm very, very much trying to do that. But there's something about being in somebody else's created universe that I, I so am uncomfortable with. Apparently, I'm a, a control freak. I didn't know that about myself. Or maybe it's something else. I don't know. But I wanted to paint a small picture of what it feels like. And, and I don't even think I did a good job. Just racing thoughts and fear and out-of-placeness. Even though I know that other people were grateful that I could just be there and help out. And that should be enough for me to, to not worry about it. It's an awful, horrible feeling. And so I dreaded it all day. And then he texted me afterwards and said, you know, thanks for, for helping out. You know, could you could you be there when you don't have things going on in the evening? So I just sort of got recruited to coach a baseball team. Uh, and I don't know how I feel about it. It's really tough. When we go out with people to the bar or any kind of event, no amount of alcohol can make me feel like really comfortable. I'm just socially awkward to a really high degree. I was on a podcast yesterday with a, another friend of mine. And I felt pretty comfortable. But the minute that I thought like, oh no, I'm out of control. I've gotten too emotional about something. I look like an idiot, just completely shut down. This is all the preamble to say that since last Tuesday, with the exception of a few books that I've sold to friends or family, I haven't sold a book off of my ads. This is the longest I've gone without selling a book. Something broke down. And I'm looking at my email a couple times, a thousand times a day. Uh, I'm checking my spam folder to see if somehow something got lost, knowing it didn't. Uh, I'm pouring over my sales page. I'm looking at my ad. I'm trying to figure out what is going on. How is this suddenly broken? I mean, it's never been amazing, but I was somewhere in the neighborhood of, of profitable or breaking even for, for quite a while. And then just everything shut down. And I'm looking at the $30 a day spend and thinking, ouch, 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 ouch. <laughs> the worse that I do from that perspective, the more awkward and strange and unfit for, for this world I feel. There's something palpable in the feeling of selling a book or a set of books and attaching a sense of belonging to it something I'm doing is connecting with a perfect stranger, which is something I've always wanted. What a strange paradox that I want to hide from you, and yet I want to be at the center of your world. I'm not saying anything life-altering. I know that a lot of you feel this way. A lot of you have your areas where you want to be seen and your areas where you want to be invisible. But boy, is it heightened 
when you're not being successful at the things that you want to be known for. I've been fairly open about my relationship with religious things. I would consider myself somebody who is uh, curious and open and leaning toward the idea of there being life after this one, that I think spirituality makes a lot of sense for me, and that I'm highly uncomfortable at this time in my life with the church that I grew up in, uh, the term Christian, and many of the people who call themselves Christians. There seems to be a, a very binary way of thinking when you're involved in the church. Uh, you're either in or you're out, and there's this finite line. And so I say all of that because as I'm looking at what's going on in my life, I was trying to pinpoint. I had, I had looked through all of the scientific reasonings for, for my sudden collapse in book sales. I was hitting all of the benchmarks. You know I'm part of that program, AMO, uh, Author Marketing Mastery Through Optimization. And they've taught me how to create this really compelling Facebook ad that leads to a sales page, and the sales page encourages people to buy. And every time I talk about the numbers with people, they're like, wow, you're doing really well on Amazon. Even though I'm not quite profitable, it's better than most people get out of their ads. The program really, really works. And I know uh, authors like L.A. Dobbs, who hopefully I'll be bringing you a written version of an interview soon with her. Um, I didn't even know that she was part of the program, but she's number one in three categories uh, in Amazon for a book she wrote in 2017. That's absurd. Okay, there's a lot of other people in different genres that are having that kind of success through the ammo program, and it's not happening for me, except I'm hitting all of the benchmarks. I'm hitting the click-through rate that you need on your, your Facebook ad. Uh, I'm hitting the frequency numbers that I need. I am, once they go to my sales page, I'm getting 50% of people down to the buy button, and, and I'm getting somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 to 12% of people are clicking the buy button. And for a while, I, like I said, I was in the game. Things were looking good. They weren't quite where they needed to be, but you kept thinking like just a small tweak here, a small tweak there, a little bit of language here, and I'm going to get that extra buyer that's going to push me above. And then I'm going to start to scale from $30 a day to $300 a day to $3,000 a day. Uh, and even though I'll spend $3,000 a day, I'll get $3,500 a day in sales or $4,000 a day in sales. And it doesn't matter. Money's infinite when you make more of it than you spend. <laughs> but it's not happening that way for me. It's going backwards and I'm baffled. And so of course, what do we do when we don't have a scientific answer for what's happening? Well, we look to the unscientific, the spiritual. And I was thinking about my life and there was a woman a while ago, I approached some people uh, very specifically. I don't approach people to buy things for me on Twitter, but I approached some people very specifically based on some of the questions that they had engaged with. And I said, hey, I want you to know I've got a great deal on some upcoming audiobooks that are going to be coming out, and I wanted to ask if you'd be interested in buying uh, the first two books for just $10. That's a ripping good deal. I've been talking to you about it on the podcast for a while. Some of you have jumped in. Others of you must not listen to audiobooks. But if you want to get them, I'll have a link in this episode as well. Hey, why not? Uh, and this woman bought my books off of the link that I sent her, but something went wrong with the link and she ended up paying full price. Full disclosure, I saw it. I knew it happened. I'd been spending a lot. No, no excuses. I let it happen. Okay. I let it happen. It doesn't matter my justifications for letting it happen. I'm not even going to state them because all of me wants you to think I'm a, a good person and that's 
not why we're here. Uh, I kept thinking, I need to reach out to this woman and let her know that it's happened. And I chose not to over and over and over again until this last week uh, when Tuesday hit and I wasn't selling any books. Uh, totally gave in to the unscientific and I reached out to her and I let her know what happened, hoping to just break this curse because um, I was thinking maybe maybe somebody, maybe somebody has cursed me. <laughs> oh gosh, I can feel you guys shutting the podcast off right now. I was wondering about it. I was curious. Maybe maybe somebody is angry at me for something I've done and they've wished poorly on me. I have a list of people I can think of, um, some family members that I speculate don't particularly care for me and would love to see me fail. Some of that I own. Some of that is them. I don't have a particularly amazing family um, in every way. And I'm okay saying that because being realistic about your situation is fine. I don't know that I've been an amazing family member in every way either. Uh, but I do think that there's clear effort on my side and not on everybody else's. Anyway, I thought about it. I thought a little bit uh, that maybe somebody had tried to curse me and that's what's happening here. And maybe I had cursed myself by my bad behavior. So I did a little bit of a, uh, a spiritual cleansing. Uh, I've been working through this idea that you could be cursed. And so I'm just, what do you do with an episode of TRBM like this? You put it out into the world and you hope that one person listening can relate so deeply that it gives them the courage to keep going forward. Because what other choice is there? This is our dream. This is our passion. Many of us are writers who are engaged with the show. Hopefully, I still have some readers who, who love to get the inside track and just enjoy what I have to say and maybe find the occasional book recommendation or find stories to listen to. I really don't even know what the podcast is. Uh, on, a, on a given day anymore. I, I put out content that I hope is valuable, that I trust is valuable, that I hope makes you like me more. <laughs> oh, it's exhausting. I am exhausted right now. I'm exhausted trying to figure out how to make a living selling books. And in the midst of all of this, I had something really interesting happen yesterday. The timing of it, I just interpret as a possible anomaly, a possible confirmation that spiritual things really happen. You notice the way that I hedge? I'm not doing that actually because I want more people to like me. I'm hedging because I don't know how I feel about spiritual things. I have a very strange relationship to it all at this point in my life. Yeah, I don't need to go too deep into it, but I want to make it clear. I'm not hedging because I want people who aren't religious to enjoy this show and people who are religious to still enjoy the show. I'm doing it because I don't know how exactly I fall uh, in, into the, the lines. Um, occasionally, I'll be really blatant about talking about prayer or something like that. And occasionally, um, I will say what I guarantee most of my formerly or, you know, my religious friends would, would call sacrilegious or um, blasphemy, things like that. So yeah, I'm a bit of a spiritual anomaly. But at any rate, um, in the process of trying to make amends for what could have possibly brought on a curse, because if there are curses, there are spiritual things. If something can curse you, there has to be an unseen force that can actually enforce the curse. Anyways, that's my thinking process there. So if I'm going to really dig into this idea, um, I, I, I went through Psalm 109, which I found talked about curses, and I thought about all of the people that maybe would want to curse me. And I sat down yesterday and I went ahead and I prayed uh, that those people would be blessed. Because I don't really think, from my understanding, that you can ask for a curse to be lifted. That's You didn't put the curse on. If you didn't put the curse on, then you can't 
whatever. I don't know. I'm getting, this is crazy. It's like, oh, okay. Jeez. <laughs> oh, I don't even know if I'm going to put this out at this point. If I do, that will be in here though. I, I, I ask for everybody to be blessed. And I ask for my life to be equally and oppositely blessed from any curse that anybody could have, could have put on me. Um, and I, I just, I went through that. I went about my day. I went about editing my manuscript. I am a day late already getting it to my uh, my friend Heather, who's who's beta reading this one, kind of editing it and doing both. Um, and so I did that and and uh, working on the editing. And I got a note from uh, a friend of mine, a guy on the podcast that you probably listened to the show and hopefully you bought his book, William Gray, showed me that he had had this just massive success on Amazon recently, and his book had rocketed to the top, you know, 10,000 uh, in all the books on the bookstore. And he thanked me for my role in helping to encourage him. And that there was everything sweet about that. Um, it was just a really, really amazing moment. And that I heard from him yesterday after starting through this journey of like, am I cursed or am I not cursed? And then he reaches out and thanks me for my role in just this small role in encouraging him to really market his book. Uh, and just later. And I mean, these aren't notes that I get all the time. My friend Jennifer reached out to me and she said, I got my first paying subscriber on Substack and I wanted to thank you for encouraging me to put out a Substack newsletter. I literally haven't gotten notes like that from anybody in quite a while. Uh, I interact with a few people regularly who will, will, you know, be kind to me, but it was just strange. Two people on one day reached out with an identical kind of message. So I'm trying to read into that and, and think like, do I need to recommit to really focusing on other people's thriving? And what does that have to do with my own thriving? And if I take care of you, who's going to take care of me? Because I don't feel like anybody is taking care of me right now. I couldn't do what I'm doing if it wasn't for Ashley, for her, for her permission, for her support, for her solid steadfastness. Um, there's a little bit of a backstory, and this is all happening within the same week. I reached out to uh, a friend of a friend who I know is m more open to um, kind of like the spiritual woo-woo. I asked her if she thought maybe that I could be cursed. Uh, and she responded back by telling me that I was being selfish by having quit my job and writing full-time um, and wasting all of my money and not taking care of my family. And that was this moment that was just like, how do you shake that off? How do you shake that off? Oh, also, <laughs> this podcast doesn't even have any order to it. Yesterday was also the day I got my first one-star review on Amazon. That one hurt. The timing of it was just crazy. It was, it was a weird, strange, pinch point kind of a day. Two kind things, a one-star review. I don't put any weight on that actual judgment about what I'm doing. Um, because I've always been good at making money when I need to make money. Uh, and And... That's part of my question too, is are you the kind of person, because I am, who anything that I don't particularly care about, I can do fairly well. I enjoyed the thrill of being a real estate investor um, and I was really good at it, but it wasn't something that defined me. And there are so many people out there who feel like that's their identity. I've been a really good salesperson. I rose to upper management uh, at a, a, a national company and just had a ton of success making the right friends, making the right connections, and, and brokering those things into a management job. But when it comes to building my writing career, which has been my dream for coming on 20 years now, it's hard to believe that, but it's been about 20 years that I've been on this journey in, in a way that you could say is serious. 
I've had no success. You know, I got a literary agent, but it really didn't turn into anything. Um, I've published some stories, but they've been in small magazines. Just this constant striving to achieve something meaningful. Let's also stop for a moment to think about gratitude. I grew up in a family that said, you have to be grateful for the things in your life. Be grateful that you have a roof over your head. Be grateful that you have three meals a day. Be grateful that you go to a good school. All of these kind of things. And I have a somewhat strange view, I always have, of what gratitude is. I think it's coming from a broken family that I didn't get to choose my parents divorcing. I didn't get to choose my dad getting remarried. I didn't get to choose where I lived. I didn't get to choose my new siblings. All of those things were brought to me, and they are fine people. They weren't my choice. And then you tell me I have to be grateful for something that I was thrown into. And it feels weird to me. And it's not just like the step family. It's the, the Christmas presents that you get when you're with your extended family and somebody buys you a t-shirt that you will never wear and you have to be grateful for that. And you're like, they didn't really think about that either. They just grabbed something because they were supposed to buy me a present. And yet I have to show gratitude. And it's this weird thing to be grateful for something that you didn't have any role in wanting or seeking out that was just thrown at you. And then you, you have to say thank you and feel gratitude. That's the appropriate thing to do. And the reason I bring that up is because I am, in the, the strictest sense, grateful for the amazing job that I had all through grad school, that I was able to save up enough money to live comfortably and start off my real estate investing career. I'm grateful for the houses that I was able to find and buy and fix up and that there were no major issues along the way and that I've had amazing tenants. I'm grateful for those things. But to somehow set up all of those things and say, well, you may not be successful in your writing career, but you have to be grateful for those things as if the sting is less. Maybe that's my issue. If you're listening and you've struggled and you felt like you don't know how to move forward, if your book isn't selling the way that you want it to, if you have no clarity on how to do something meaningfully to connect with other people and your real desire is to connect, you're not alone. That's really all I can say. I wanted to have some kind of action item for the end of this. Um, but I also knew that unless I'm just way out in left field, the best value that I can bring you at the moment as somebody who's just going through the beginning of this process is to really show you what it is like, how it feels to do this. And I know that you're doing it too, but maybe the value is knowing that it's not easy uh, maybe it looks easy. I don't know. I'm not really sure. I, I do know that I look out at other people and think that their journey looks easy. And I wonder if maybe they have days like this or weeks like this. Hey, keep writing. Keep striving. Keep trying to find new solutions. I wish I had something more for you. But I do know that you're not beat until you quit. And I say that all the time. And I mean it. And it sounds trite. But it is true. And if you're really, really doing awesome then <laughs> go ahead and, and laugh at this moment that you got to listen to somebody who's not uh, treated lightly. Don't worry about sending words of encouragement. I don't need them. I don't mind them. But uh, I just wanted to put this out in the world. It sounds so woo-woo. I'm going to title this episode Woo-Woo. That's not true. Buy my books if you want them. They're out there. I'll have links in the show notes as always. We'll talk to you again next Monday. Toodles. Mm -hmm.
Thank you for listening to TRBM. The theme music was provided by the ever-talented Christopher Talon. And hey, if you liked what you heard, share this show with other readers because what's the point of telling stories if nobody's listening? <laughs>